Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the great pleasure of chatting with somebody who I have met via LinkedIn and then now had conversations. And now we're going to have a recorded conversation. So, Mark Cameron, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Lee. It's um, it's nice to speak to you and not to um, hear your singing for once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so um, I'll, I'll just elaborate on that a little bit because um, I like to sing happy birthday to some of my connections when, uh, when LinkedIn notifies me. And, um, and, and what I realised when I, when I sang to you this, uh, this, as you've recently celebrated your birthday, is that I've not really messaged you a great deal in between both birthday messages. So maybe I need to do something different as well. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe Valentine's Day next then, or Christmas. Yeah. Maybe maybe a Christmas jingle in a, in a video, a oh, video yeah. of you as an elf. You have, um, okay, yeah, I love that, I love that. Um, I You've just sparked an idea. I'm going to leave that there, and hopefully that um, I, I might surprise you in a few weeks' time. <laughs> but anyway, enough about me and, uh, and my singing on LinkedIn. Um, who is Mark Cameron, and how has he got to uh, to that seat today? Who is Mark Cameron? Um, I would say Mark Cameron is an absolute pain in the arse to people. Um, the way I say I'm a pain in the arse is because I just question why a lot. Um, I don't think I've ever grown out of being a child, you know, where you're kind of asking, why mummy, why mummy, why mummy? And um, I progressed from my mother to my bosses to my wife um, to even British Gas, who I was on the phone to just now asking why. Um, and I've kind of, I've been, I don't think I've been lucky enough to make a living out of it. I, I'm grateful to have made a living out of doing what I love. Yeah. And um, that's who I am. I'm a questioner. And, and you said then as well that you've always questioned. So how, have you always questioned? Is it something that's inside or is it something that you've learned to do? I think it's, it's definitely something inside. I think the reason I say it's inside because I don't just question what I see outside I question what's inside. I question who am I? What drives me? Where do I want to go to? What am I doing wrong? Um, because I think it's very easy to look outwards and question why and to criticise other people. Um, but I've always believed it starts with yourself. Yep. And you've got to be the best example of what you're questioning other people about. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. So if we just uh, just talk about your, your journey and story just for a little bit and... Uh... And how you've got to that, because um, health plays a part in, 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 a, in, in a big part of your journey, um, and improvement um, does as well. Um, how, have you, how have you got to do what you are doing today? What's, what's your, I guess, your, your life journey? So I would say I um, had quite a normal upbringing, um, normal in a, in, in not a good way, I guess, um, broken family age of five, brought up by my single parent mother, who only went to school for a couple of years and then went out to work. Um, and she 
she brought us up to question the value add of everything we did because we didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, when it comes to buying things like, you know, well, do you want this or do you want that? Do you want food or do you want a toy? And we questioned the value add. And that's how I was brought up um, questioning that. I was also brought up questioning, not questioning, but the importance of working hard. So, um, you know, that just become normal. Then I did my GCSEs. I dropped out of A-levels. I went to work. Um, and I started what I would say was my journey because I kind of said, actually, so what I want to do, I want to be like my mother. I want to work hard. I want to value the things that I have and the value of the things that I do. Um, and I, but I don't want to be lonely. You know, I kind of, my mother never remarried and um, I, I didn't want to be like her, you know, in that respect, because I felt sad for her because she was a mother full of love, put it all on the children and never had time for herself. And so I set this plan of by the age of 50, I want to be in a position where I am doing what I love with people that I love. And um, I started my journey. So when I left, when I left college, I didn't even tell my mum that I dropped out of college and A-levels. I only did it for a term and got bored. When I got a job and um, I literally started a journey of doing computer programming to start with, then doing engineering, then doing, um, well, I managed the lab brooks, working the doors of clubs, um, being a manager in a bank, working in supermarkets, being a, being a traffic warden, everything it seems very random but to me it was all about questioning why what am I doing what am I enjoying and is it bringing me closer to the goal that I'm um that I've set myself then eventually I grew up and I got married to my wife who I've been with for 26 years now and I got a job at Zurich and the reason I got a job at Zurich was because I wanted to be able to move around just as I've enjoyed all my life but not externally so within a company and um i started that journey i left i left being a traffic warden to get that job took a pay cut went to work in the um, sales and service team and i remember saying to my manager why are we doing this and i was questioning why are we getting all these calls we can stop getting the calls in the first place so i went to her and questioned and her answer to me was mark you've only been here three months you haven't finished your training, just do as you're told. And um, ordinarily, I'd just quit. I'd say, sod it, I don't want to be in this position. But I decided I want to do something about it. I want to fix that problem because to me, it was disheartening. Um, I'd had enough of managers like that. Um, and I played for a manager's job at Zurich. And um, originally, they kind of turned back to me and said, You've only been here a few months. It's a couple of grades up. You don't know anything about insurance. And let's face it, I didn't join Zurich because I found insurance interesting. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was about just creating a safe place for me and giving me a place to grow. Um, and I said to them, you know, why, why do I need to know about insurance? Why do I need to know how to handle a claim? Because it was a claims team. I said, I'm applying to be a leader of a team. And to me, a leader of a team is someone who questions why, works with experts and solves problems, puts an arm around the staff and makes them feel loved, just like I was feeling unloved by that previous manager that I'm just trying to get away from. And um, luckily, 
the chief claims officer, a guy called John Latter, gave me a chance. He gave me a chance for six months on a trial. And um, I had a lot of fun with a team who were a great team of lots of different individuals, but together we made a great team. And I was just one of those individuals with a different view on everything. And um, we turned the team around. We did lots of things. Um, and then I got moved on to another team and then another team. And it was kind of like, okay, you've turned around that team. Can you do that team? Can you do that team? And then we got some consultants in who were doing like a lean review and they came to sit in my team. And then they went back to the, um, to the, the people above and said, Mark's done a lot of lean stuff already. You know, what, you know, we, we, we can do some things, but not that much. And so the um, bosses from above come back to me and said, how did you know about lean? And I said, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. They said, well, you've done this, you've done that, you've done that. I'm like, well, to me, I've just solved problems, just common sense, nothing, yeah. nothing techie, you know. And um, I kind of, after that, I kind of almost got promoted without realising into a role of head of lean and continuous improvement, which is brilliant because I was getting paid to go around and question why. Yeah. And to put an arm around staff, give them, give them half an hour of my of you know away from their desk, listen to their problems, help facilitate solutions, and then go to the managers and say, how about we try this? And um, yeah, I was literally doing what I loved. I couldn't believe I got a roll out of it. I couldn't believe I traveled all over Europe doing it. Um, and it was my dream job. But ultimately, after 10 years of talking to people about value add, value add, value add, I began to question my own value add. And I decided to leave. Wow. And for the last few years, I've been freelance. How's that gone for you? It's been good. It's, um, it's been at another dimension to, I'm not a salesperson, so I'm not very good at selling my, my business. But luckily, I think I've got some good contacts, I think, because I kind of, there's not really much self-interest in my work. I'm not interested in it for my career or for, for this, the, you know, the pay. I'm interested in it because I want to help people solve problems. And I think, you know, there's a trust formula, which some people may know about, and the denominator is self-interest. And you, if you reduce your self-interest in the work that you do, trust grows. And I like to think that that approach has paid dividends because I've met some great people along the way. Um, sometimes I've done great work for them. Sometimes I've tried my bloody hardest, but we failed. Um, but ultimately, the trust is still there. And um, yeah, they've, um, they've called on me and I've done good work for them since. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that journey, Mike. I've got a couple of questions, if that's all right. Um, when, does your mother realise the, the um, I guess, how much value she has provided you? I don't think she'll ever realise. Um, of course, I, I, I tell her I love her. I tell her that, you know, she's definitely between her and my wife. My wife's been in the same job 30 years. So definitely me and her are yin and a yang. Um, my mother is probably more like my wife. And I don't think they'll either of them will ever understand who I am and why I do the things I do. And when I say I do the things I do, yes, not just the good things, but all the, also the mistakes that I've made, you know, because I think that's all part of continuous improvement just accepting you will make mistakes taking risks 
sometimes there's stupid risks and sometimes there's sensible risks but um I don't think I'll under, ever understand but I think she'll always be proud of where I've got to and she will feel part of that journey with me yeah uh, which is kind of why you know this latest contract and you know not not the contract just gone but the contract before that as well I kind of tried to prioritize my mother as much as my work in you know I've insisted to people I work part-time because then I can repay my mum by spending a bit more time with her and um yeah I think she she appreciates that yeah you're a man of um of high values and and, and, and principles aren't you you're, and if you make a decision you stick to that decision as well you've got a lot of clarity or it, or you come across like you've got a lot of clarity what's has that always been the case yeah, I think so. I, as I said, I think it's literally from about the age of 16, 17, um, I decided this is what I want to do by the time I'm 50, you know, and I've stuck with that along the way. Yeah. And as I said, the path has never really been defined, but the goal is always defined. And sometimes the paths resulted in dead ends and I have to backtrack. Some of them resulted in hurdles, which I've had to overcome. Um, but ultimately, that was the that was the goal, and I think the goal definitely through my mum and also through my nan. My nan, my, my mother's Maltese. My nan died um, working her ass off right until the moment she died, but she died alone. And um, I kind of, you know, it's almost like I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I think, you know, I didn't want to. I wanted to be like them in the way that behave, but not in the way that they've ended. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a that's a really strong um, and 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 motivational reason to to have such clarity and 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 and, and drive to do what you're doing. I'm going to talk about you turning fifty very shortly because you're not at fifty just yet, are you? Next year. Next, next year. year. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next phase, phase shortly. Um, but when, when I introduced you as well, I mentioned that, that health and fitness is, is important to you. And, and you've, you've told us the journey of your, um, of your career and your improvement. But also outside of work, you've been successful as well, haven't you? Yeah, I love, I, I love physical fitness. Um, you wouldn't have thought that in my 20s when I was chronically overweight. But that went part, part of the job. You know, I was working on the doors of nightclubs some pretty scummy nightclubs and I just needed to be big and strong. So I got into powerlifting and um, yeah, I could lift one hell of a lot of weight. I competed in strongman shows and all that. Um, but then you get to your thirties and you think Christ, this weight is now becoming stubborn. So I decided to become a bodybuilder and um, I lost about five stone and my second show was the British finals and I got third in the British finals did that for a few years, um, but then quickly realized that bodybuilding, whilst on the outside you look great, on the inside your body is shot to pieces and you're not at the healthiest that, that you could be. Um, ended up getting septicemia and almost losing my arm. And that really, you know, I was sponsored at that point and the sponsors weren't really interested in my arm. They were more interested in me doing more photo shoots. So I lost, I've kind of reprioritized my life and I'm like, well, actually the bodybuilding has helped me lose weight, which is healthy. Um, it's also brings some bad points with regards to the inner self of me and my, I hate going on about mental health because I think people overuse it nowadays, but uh, you know, my, my head definitely wasn't there. 
I remember quitting a job. I was a manager at Santander and I was driving home in a rush because I needed to get to the gym to train, but I also needed to eat. And it was all playing in my head. And I got home and I said to my wife, I was driving home along the top of the hill coming home. I said, and I was so confused. I just felt like driving my car off the side of the road. I said, they're just clearing all these problems literally just in one swoop. And she said, you're joking. I'm like, no. I said, it literally come on top of me. She says, what are you going to do? And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm going to work tomorrow and quit. I said, because the bodybuilding was more important than the work at the time. Um, but, you know, it's kind of, then I realised though after, not much later after that is when I got the septicemia and I realised actually the bodybuilding wasn't really that important, but my health definitely was, mental and physical health. So the bodybuilding contributed towards that but also had a negative effect and um so i took up running so i could maintain the weight loss i think the the the, the problems in the heads definitely got cleared because i started running at night in the you know outside not in treadmills out on the trails and um yeah that helped and then i um yeah and it helped me definitely fix a lot of things that were going in my head at the time yeah wow well i mean you've had um one hell of a journey haven't you when you when you can yeah. when you can when you when you consider and you, you, you're saying that st- telling that story out loud now the number of different roles that you've had you know, on the doors um and then and then the, the severe weight loss the, the body weightlifting bodybuilding um all in and 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 You've got this 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 goal and this desire that you're anchored to at the age of fifty. Um, what has kept you going, and, and how have you how have you kept moving forward? Well, I I always say to people, you know, if your dreams are, you know, if if you really believe in your, I wouldn't say the dreams, the goals, because dreams are kind of intangible. Goals, I can see it. I can draw my future. It's so clear. Um, but if you if your goals are in the heart, you won't give up yeah. because you can see the benefits of those goals. You know, when you face a few problems along the way, if you keep thinking about what the goal is going to bring you, it will drag you through those hard times. Yeah. And let's just talk about the turning the age of 50. So like you said, it is, it's um, 11, 11 and a half months away or something like that now. Um, yeah. What happens when you turn 50? Well, you know, I, I want to provide a great life for my wife. My wife has been working since she left school at the same place. Um, and that's okay. It's become a habit. It's become just part of her life. Um, but there's many other things. She's an incredible woman. She does some great things. She's very creative. She loves growing. She loves, um, she, she's got an allotment where she grows a lot of things. She loves baking. She loves making things. Um, and I want to give her the best second half of her life that I could possibly do. Um, I want to move us out into somewhere where she can do what she loves, just as I have done, like, just as she has enabled me to do for the last 26 years since we've been together, because she's been the stable one. She's sort of kept me, you know, given me the support when I've pursued what I love. And um, I want to return that. So move out to the country, smaller house, bigger garden. She quits her job and she does 
what she loves. I've got this dream of her, you know, us living in a market town and me, you know, when I when she got an allotment, I didn't tell her. I I got her the allotment and then I told her afterwards. And it scared her that she had this massive patch of land that she had to maintain, but she loved it. When we move, I'm going to get her a stall in a farmer's market, a Friday market or whatever. And I'm going to say, I don't care if you make money, if you lose money, but just demonstrate the good stuff that you do, whether it's plants, whether it's cakes. Obviously, give me a first option on the cakes. Yeah. Um, but just go out and share what you love with other people. Yeah. And um, if I can continue doing what I love work-wise, that's fine. Um, that's a bonus. But if I can't, I'll find something else. Well, It'll be fine. Well, do you see yourself as successful, Mark? I think based on where I've come from and where I am now, without being big-headed, yeah, I am bloody successful, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I think I'm successful in what I've achieved, but also in how I've achieved it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And if you were to um, share a piece of advice with that 16, 17-year-old you that you said was, uh, was probably the, the, one of the pivotal moments in, in your direction, mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give yourself? I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a book because I used to read people's books Sometimes I loved them and sometimes I thought, God, that was shit. Yeah. You know. Um, but then I kind of thought, well, actually, that shit book is better than the book that you've never written. You know, people always are, oh, that was rubbish, that was rubbish. It's like you, you haven't even tried, you know, whether it's writing a book or as I was saying to someone today, or whether it's even being an MP at the end of the day, right? You criticize them, it's like, okay, so I presume you're gonna stand for election local elections next month or next year or whatever <laughs> no no chance well don't criticize that person right because at least they're trying it's better than the person who's never tried but my book the sub the um, subheading was never ever give up which was like winston churchill and um i didn't really know you know i didn't follow history when i was younger you i don't think nowadays i'm more interested in history because i am part of history but back when you're younger you think oh history that's old stuff it doesn't really matter um but i love that phrase never ever give up and i watched i can't remember the name of the film you know the um the, the churchill i think it was just called churchill wasn't it the film yeah. and when i learned about his background and where he came you know how he was kind of chucked in at the deep end because they almost wanted to well, they didn't really have any other choice apart from putting him in, in, in that. He stuck to what he wanted to do and he never, ever gave up. Wow. Well, so, I mean, what you've said so far, never, uh, there's been a number of, of key lessons that, that I'm taking from the conversation. All right, so never giving up. I'm always yeah. questioning why as well. You're, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a perfect role for somebody with these principles and, and values and, and driven, driven in that way. Um, what other advice um and and i guess what other um words of wisdom do you have for people who want to improve business or the team or um what it is that they are that they are doing um and in fact actually another piece that you said as well is if you feel the goal in your heart then it, it's that's that you're gonna you're gonna you've got a greater chance of achieving it and, and so why because you feel something towards it so there's there's loads of little nuggets that you've said throughout mm -hmm. this whole conversation, um, which are the secrets of, of, I guess, 
successful life, but also successful business transformation. Um, what advice would you give to people trying to improve their, their business, their team, their performance, what, whatever it is? I think people get greedy and they want everything like the, too much too soon. And um, I'd say take, take little steps. Don't be afraid to take little steps and just try things. You know, so I've, I've never been scared of taking risks, whether it's at work or outside of work. You know, I kind of, I've done a lot of mountain running around the UK. Um, people put a bit, a lot of effort into wrecking these courses and I just go and I just give it a go. And um, I always say to people, as long as the risk you're going to take isn't going to harm others. And if you're working in a company, as long as it's not going to, bring them to their knees and you know just just go for it don't overthink you know think like a child I remember I think I wrote a blog once about thinking like a child you know and we just go for it and worry later yeah. you know I've entered races and my wife's going Mark how are we going to get there I'm like no but I'm thinking about the finishing line so I'm not thinking about how I'm going to get there I'll fix that as it comes to it yeah you know that's all part of problem solving that's all part of the excitement you know, when I entered my first um, mountain race, I guess you could call it a mountain race, it was in the Peak District. may not sound that far away. You know, I live down on, on the south coast of the UK. Um, and I said to my wife, we're going to the Peak District and I'm going to run a, I think it was like 35-mile race across all these great areas. And she said, how are we going to get there? She goes, we've never driven further than the southeast. Yeah. Where are we going to stay? I'm like, no, but Sal, but look at these photographs. It looks brilliant. <laughs> and and um, we did it, you know. And since then, we've kind of gone all over, you know, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Lake District, Madeira, racing all over the UK and different places around the world, just inspired by these pictures. And I guess it's a little bit like what we we're talking about at the age of 17, picturing my life at 50. Obviously, back then, I hadn't quite met my wife but I had this dream of doing what, being in a position of doing what I love, not having a shitty job anymore of a shitty boss. You know, it, it was all part of that dream. And um, yeah, I guess it's just flipped over to outside of work. And I guess the, the running has kind of helped me do that for sure. Definitely the traveling around the UK is has driven that even harder because I've seen all these wonderful places we can go and yeah. I'm taking my wife along those journeys with me when we visit these places I'm like wouldn't it be great to live here Sal wouldn't it great to be with these types of people here Sal you know and it's 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 just yeah that's how it's all ended up I think yeah I love this I love it because I mean your life is a metaphor for business change or the other way around and, and so it's like like you've got clarity on your vision your destination your journey you feel something really strong to to to, to um to achieve that, but you're enjoying the journey um, as you go, not over planning it. Um, and I think it was Steve Jobs that said, uh, you can only join the dots looking backwards, um, mm -hmm. you can't join them looking forwards. And, and, and yes, yeah, so I, I love that. But one thing that again struck me in what you've just said is that you're a risk taker, Mark Cameron. Have you always took risks and backed yourself? When I was younger, I used to love my BMX and just jumping off the side of God knows what and not knowing what's on the other side. Wow. Um, you know, so I think I've just never, maybe maybe it's because I've got no children, you know. I kind of think 
I, I, I'd never really grown up. I think, you know, I, I like... I like trail running because I feel like a child exploring these places. You know, I love running around mountains or even climbing mountains um, because I know, even though I'm aware that there is a little bit of risk there nowadays, I still like the excitement that I felt like when I was a child. Um, yeah. You may even call it a midlife crisis. <laughs> you know, some people buy a big motorbike and go, you know, tearing along the road. It's like, yeah, I like just clambering up the side of a mountain and, just bumping into the odd goat as you go along and thinking how the hell did you get here yeah <laughs> so, so i mean going back to the clarity i think the other thing with the clarity i, I think the good the, i'm not a technical person right i don't i don't i've never overcomplicated lean and um, even though i learned all the tools i quickly um, diluted that into the things that i understood there um i've always you know i've worked in insurance on and off for the last 15 20 years without being an insurance person. I've never underwritten a policy or really handled a claim. Never really wanted to. I've never done my CII exams because I don't want the technical side to cloud how I think, you know? And um, I work with the technical people and I kind of set out the dreams. Wouldn't it be great if the process worked like this? Like, oh, Mark, but it can't because of this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, but what could it look like then? You know, and together we, we we come together in the middle, I guess. Yeah. What is your thinking process? So, because because I, I align and, and, and support everything everything you're saying here. But what is your, what is the Mark Cameron thinking process, and what does lean and improvement? It's a two part question. This Mark, I'm asking you both at the same time, so you remember both questions, and I don't have to. But what is um what is the Mark Cameron thinking process, and what does lean mean to you? Like what you said with Steve Jobs, think about the end. Think about what the end point is um, and work backwards. You know, I kind of, I say to people, like when we're doing problem solving, sometimes, you know, you, you design the as is or you, you map the as is, you talk about the problems, talk about the options, the solutions, you design it and then you design the 2B um, as a result of doing all of that. I think sometimes it's easier just to sort of scrap that and just say, what, could the end picture look like? And so what's stopping us getting there and fix those problems? Yeah. yeah because no. if, you're, if, you're, if you're going through the issues the, and the options, you're probably already thinking of barriers. Whereas just paint this rosy picture, you know, wouldn't it be great if this is how you could work? Oh yeah, that would be great. It's like, so what's stopping you? Well, Quite often it's nothing because just fear of change sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, when I I work part-time now, right? I'm working like three days a week. And people go, Oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not lucky. I said, I, you know, what's stopping you from working three days a week? You know, apart from maybe your employee, but what's stopping you moving to a better job? Well, it's it's fear or it's lack of money or it's whatever. I'm like, yeah, but they're just problems. You know, if it's lack of money, you need all the money that you currently have. Is there things that you give up in return for a different type of life? You know, whether it's and it's like, well, I guess so. Well, that's how I think. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you can't have everything. I work three days a week. 
yes, I may lose out on some money, but I'd rather have that extra two days a week to myself rather than having the money to go on a nice holiday once a year. Yeah. What's the point? You know, that's how I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, perfect. No, thank, thank you so much for that. And, and thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story and, 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 and yeah, every, everything that you've shared, because I think there's, there's so much. In fact, if I listen, when I listen back to the, the whole conversation, there are, there are little bits and I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm thinking about when you banged on your heart and you said it about, it's about goals and it, but it's about feeling the goals. I'm in here, it's about having clarity of a vision and stuff like that. And back at the age of 16 and 17, you painted the picture that you wanted and to achieve at the age of 50. Um, how did you know that that was what you needed to do at that point in time as a 16, 17 year old? I didn't really. I just knew where I wanted to be. I didn't really know how to get there at the time. I, again, I just, things open up in front of you and I just almost take them as a, as a sign. It's like, well, take that route. You know, these opportunities, don't overthink them. Take them, make the best of those opportunities. And as long as they're all, con, you know, taking you towards that goal, um, just take a risk and go for it. You know, I, I was lucky enough to have some sort of good people when I was younger that I looked up to and I realised that the goal that I had wasn't unachievable and I've had them ever since. You know, I've kind of met some great people who, yeah, you know, and they, they some of them are rich and some of them aren't rich, but they all lead a similar life to where I'm heading. So I'm like, whichever, whichever route I go down, whether I make money or whether I don't make money, there's no reason why I can't get there. Yeah. I watched this program. I watched this program on BBC Scotland this week with my wife. And it was about this, I think it was like the, the last hermit in the UK. I think he was he lived on a lock in Scotland. And he came back, came from quite a good background. Um, but he'd given up everything when his parents, I think he went, he went trekking around um, Canada. Then he came back to the UK and then I think his parents died and he just said, All right, I'm going to walk. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to walk the length of Britain until I find somewhere that I feel like is home. And he came across this lock in the middle of nowhere with no roads. And they started, the, the film started with him walking 26 miles to post a letter. And um, he had absolutely nothing, but he felt he just seemed so happy. You know, and I'm like, so it just proves that you don't need a lot of things to lead a good life. So don't put pressure on yourself that you have to have a career and you have to have money. You know, you have to have things that you, you don't need to understand what you value. And um, it's not that much. I mean, I would have thought the last two years has taught a lot of people during COVID, you know, even if you earn a lot of money, you haven't been able to spend it. Yeah. You know, and it kind of puts things into perspective. And um, if you haven't used the last two years to learn about what you value then um yeah it's a big missing opportunity i think yeah no completely completely i agree and resonate with a lot of what you say mark so yeah so thank, thank you so much for that and uh just a couple of quick quick questions really um what are you having for your tea oh. fact, do, you, do you call it tea or do you call it dinner dinner you know you're, you're far posher than i am mark i'll have a cup of tea when my wife gets home at three yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'll have my dinner. Um, it, we're going shopping tonight, so um, I'm going to live life dangerously. And um, 
whatever we see as we go shopping, if there's something we fancy, we'll just pick it up and buy it. I don't plan things out really. Um, you know, to me, again, going back to value add, the bodybuilding taught me to understand the value add of what I'm eating. I, I analyzed everything, all the macros, carbs, protein, fats, blah, blah, blah. Um, during the week, it's just substance, right? You just eat it. You don't really know what you're eating a lot of the time because you're chatting to your wife, you're watching TV, it's on your lap, that type of thing. Um, so I don't really get too fussed about what I have for my dinner or tea during the week. At the weekends, it's more of an event because you can take your time to prepare it. You can smell the food in the house. You can have a bottle of wine. You can sit on the table. To me, there's the that's a different value add. And um, I'm more excited about what I have at the weekend rather than what I'm going to have tonight. Yeah. And my wife's going to make me a pie this weekend, vegetarian pie. Yeah. Um, I do eat meat, but not, not as much as I, well, probably maybe once a week nowadays. But yeah, I'm very excited about the pie this weekend. Yeah, I love that. I love that because, I mean, even just asking you what you're having for your tea tonight, it's not about the, um, it, you, you just don't know. Um, and and it, you're just going to enjoy the journey, but you just know you are going to eat something. We, we may even go posh. We may even go to, to Waitrose and see what's in the reduced aisle. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, one step at a time, Mark. One step at a time. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's how posh we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, lo- I love that. I love that. And, uh, and so taking risks, um, not planning, um, uh, feelings, having the strength of feeling, having clarity of vision. It, this has come through immensely through this whole conversation, whether it is what you're having for your tea, um, the, the bodybuilding, the weightlifting, the lean, the improvement, just your life in, in general. It's, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Fascinating. I could talk to you all day. One final question. If, um, if people want to know more about Mark Cameron, where would they go? Where's the best place to connect with you, Mark? Well, I guess you share this on LinkedIn. So just find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's quite easy to find me on there. I'm always posting. Um, I'm linked up with yourself so they can even see me as a connection with yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go on LinkedIn and um, you'll find me. Perfect. Perfect. Honestly, Mike, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you, to learn more about your journey and your story um, and, and what's driven you. Um, and I've got absolutely no doubt that by the when you're 50, that will that goal will be um, will be achieved. I'm pretty much there already, I feel. I'm yeah. pretty much there. It's just about getting my wife over the final step and finding that perfect house. Apart from that, there's nothing stopping us now. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Honestly, uh, fascinating, fascinating individual. Um, enjoy whatever it is that you are for your tea tonight. And I just want to say, Mike Cameron, thanks very much again for chatting with me today. Cheers, Lee. Been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.